Hello, creative humans. Welcome to the F-Lines podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, three hat Fultz, because I'm literally wearing three hats on my head right now. And you are listening to the F-Lines podcast, the show where we talk about creativity, minimalism, and how to be wildly functional in a distracted world. I'm here with my friend, Kathy Palakoff, to talk about community and audiences. And is there a difference between those two? Kathy is an amazing entrepreneur who has started lots of fabulous businesses, including Joe Squared, which is a Baltimore square pizza, among other things, restaurant, dive, place for music and community. So today we're going to talk about that and other entrepreneurial uh, creations and how you build an audience. So how did Joe Squared start, Kathy? Um, Joe Squared started when um, my son came to me, because I'm in partnership with my son, and he came to me after getting a very useful degree in philosophy uh, <laughs> from school, and he had always been a cook, and um, he came to me and said, you know, I, I'd like to go to culinary school, um, what do you, uh, could you help me? And then he told me a number and I went, well, what's your end game? Because of course I'm a business person. Yeah. And he said, well, I wanna, I wanna start a restaurant. And I said, well, can you do it now? He said, yes. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's just start a restaurant. So that's how Joe Squared started. Yeah. Um, and there was a gap in the marketplace with um, really good pizza. So we're coal fired oven pizza. And there was an area in Baltimore called Station North Yep. Um, arts and entertainment district that um, was in the heyday in Baltimore, an extraordinary neighborhood, but had be really gone down. So there was this efforts to build a community around there. So we put this restaurant really in the middle of a urban desert, um, yeah. boarded up buildings, all sorts of stuff. And, um, and then it's now, you know, we're, we're like one of the best pizza places in um, the country. And by the way, that not us telling us that, but lots of other people telling that. But I think more importantly to your ideas of community, um, we've built uh, a community there and the community changes, yeah. you know, so. Well, I, what I find really interesting is you kind of described it as a desert, but how did you know that that was the desert? You know, where, where did you start? I mean, did Joe uh, spend time there and he's like, you know, talking to people or how did you figure out that that was kind of an area that could be in a business sense like solved? Um, I think that Joe knew the area well and he had yeah. great faith. Yeah. Uh, I think we were, we didn't do an intense amount of market research. Yeah. Um, we weren't real smart about it, but we had a lot of faith and we really believed in ideas, bringing people together and doing good. Yeah. You know, so I think that that was, so it was a little bit of if we build it, they will come. Yeah. Um, but, and there was actually truth in that, the way. I mean, because the food was very distinctive and the feel was distinctive and the vibe yeah. was distinctive. But it also was we built it and they didn't come because there were people who were going, north avenue baltimore yeah um, i mean people literally were i want to order food from you can you bring it out to my car because i'm scared of getting on the car and by the yeah. way it was mythology i mean yeah. the area was not dangerous the area yeah. was 
actually a, a reasonably safe Yeah, name. Micah is right there. Yeah, Micah was oh, yeah. there. And, and there weren't a lot of affluent people living there, so there wasn't really people to steal from. You know, <laughs> and, you know when you're in an area that there's a lot of people to steal from, you know, then you can get mugging people, but there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, stuff going on there. So yeah, well, what I find so interesting about this is because, you know, going to college for advertising, and I'm sure you probably experienced this at Saatchi too, but there's this whole thing of like, you have to have your target audience and, you know, like I have to have personas and demographics and you have to know that this person is 18 to 24 and watches these shows and thinks about these things. And it's all very cold and calculated. And I'm like fascinated that you guys switched it around. And it was really all about starting with this idea that sprung out of just being in a place and believing in something and then allowing people to come to you instead of trying to define who your target audience was. I mean, was there a point where it was just like scary that you didn't think anyone would actually come and, and like, how did you flip people's understanding, you know, and or you know, beliefs? I, I think what we did is we didn't. So, so many times audiences defined as demographics. Yeah. And we really were looking more at a psychographic kind of yeah. profile. So in order to come to Joe Squared, you had to be a foodie. Okay. Yeah. Or else you were going to order from Domino's, right? Yeah. You know, you, you wanted... A different experience. You had to be, um, I think, a little bit um, liking this sort of hippie-ish vibe in a way. You yeah. know, it, it, it just didn't feel like a normal restaurant. Yeah, you guys call it funky, which I think is a great funky. word. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it had to feel all those kind of ways. It had to feel real friendly. Yeah. So it was like a cheers, everybody knows your name, you know. Yeah. So so there were more about that. I mean, I remember one, and by the way, that's really cool. It makes it incredibly hard to market to. Yeah. You know? um, so I remember one day, and I really remember this, in the course of the day, there was um, hip hop music in the evening, a wedding during the day, you know, a whole bunch of people who were my age in the 50s sitting there doing stuff so all those things happened the other thing is that no brand like joe squared happens without being aware of the world around you yeah so we got a lot of people who came in from um the the county yep and then we ended up having a um quote, riots in Baltimore right. uh, with Freddie Gray, and people were scared to come into Baltimore. So then it was like, how do we shift in terms of our audience and who are we going to get there? Um, we were always incredibly diverse, you know, like in terms of uh, age, gender, race. Um, I mean, we would have all these these things happen. So, and our menu was diverse. Yeah. You could be a vegan, you could be a meat eater. You could do well, It's that. interesting because it's like, you're, you're attracting people using a certain idea, but then you guys were also attracted to a certain idea. So it's like when things changed around you, then you were kind of like drawn out to that instead of just staying 
you know, the same. Um, so that's really interesting. One other thing I think is interesting about Joe Squirt is just the name. Um, I've been thinking recently about the word gimmick. Um, and I, I think you almost as a business need some sort of almost like corny, um, like way to, to help people understand who your brand is. Um, and like, did that, did that kind of click with people, you know, the name? And, oh yeah. 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 And it clicked on two levels. One is the pizza was square. Okay. Yeah. I got it. But it also was Joe, you yeah. know? So Joe is my son, as I've mentioned, and Joe has a big personality. Um, you know, so right, for example, we were on diners, drive-ins and dives. Yeah. And Joe was telling me the other day that it's the second most popular episode. Really? So, yeah. That's like, amazing. Um, well, why? Because Joe held his own against Duffy yeah. and Guy. I mean, he yeah, there's a scene where Guy is like, you know, trying to steal sauce or something and Joe like slaps him away. And it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, because Joe is real. And yeah. I think at the end, when you talk about audiences or community, is they have to be real. Yeah, it's authenticity. You know, they can't be fake. Yeah. What do you think from your experience? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on building an audience myself and the audience for Appalachians right now is very small. But one thing that I have learned along the way is that it's really all about building one-on-one -on -one relationships. You know, we're, we're taught that the whole goal is to try to, you know, get 10,000 followers or 10,000 people to eat your pizza or, or whatever. But I find that like the people who spread my brand are people that I've taken the time to like build relationships over and over with, you know, I have 10, 20, 30 interactions with these people, as opposed to trying to shotgun, you know, like every, every post on a certain hashtag or all of these scammy things. And you can get a lot of followers or, you know, build a, an audience that way. But I think there is a difference between an audience and a community and a community is at the point where you're taking the time to actually engage on a really deep level with people. Um, did you guys do that? Like, were you, were you going out and like talking to individual customers and stuff? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and you know what, I have to tell you, one of the most potent moments when I saw us come together as a community, I have two stories to share. So one story was actually during the riots when, and again, quote what riots, because they were not, yeah. when um, our restaurant was shut down and our folks just went out and into the community and there were a bunch of people there who were from the National Guard and then there were a bunch of young people yelling at the people from the National Guard Yeah, we started distributing pizza. And guess what? <laughs> they started talking together. Yeah. And they became, and they, the other really thing was deeply moving our building fell down around us yeah. so we were committed and we needed to move to another place and that we did something unheard of at that time we did a gofundme um, yeah. drive we raised forty thousand dollars from our community yeah from a restaurant yeah you know people didn't they're see supposed us. to be low margin and it's like just scrapping obviously our low margin but yeah that's really amazing that you were able to pull that much from the community well because people wanted us there we were yeah. important in their lives and i think that's really the key i mean i think part of it is is that one-on-one -on -one relationship but you yeah. create a community when you're when not being part of that community leaves a hole in you 
right? Yeah, it's, it's like when you stop down. showing up, when you stop posting, when you stop serving food, people notice, you know, and they, right. they actively reach out for you. Do you remember or do you, do you have an opinion on what the turning point for you was where it went kind of shifted from an audience into an actual community? I don't know if I know an exactly the They're time. Just organic. The community has shifted also across time, but I think people identified it as a community. By the way, one of the difficulties with being a community is, is that you have to remember that you're not only serving your community. You have to keep on growing. Yeah. You have to keep on keeping, bringing people into the community. Yeah. Um, particularly if you're like something like a restaurant. Um, so I don't know if I know an exact time it's shifted. I think what's going to be really interesting now, though, is um, the model right now for so many restaurants is takeout, right? Yeah. It's not what we were. I mean, we were a place where, yeah, we had a takeout business. Yeah, face-to-face -face interactions. But people came into the restaurant because they wanted to be in the restaurant. Yeah, it's got that vibe. They added music. So we weren't just about food. We were about music. We were about art. And we were about it in a generous way. Like our art that was on our walls, we didn't take commission. Yeah. It was about our artists. We constantly were donating stuff to the broader community. Yeah. So we got really known not only being as a community within Joe Squared, but an integral part of the Baltimore community. And yeah. um, so now we're in the middle of COVID um, and, it, and you know, we're, we're working towards our rebirth and that, but the, when I go online, I see people who are sad yeah. that we're not open. Do you, you know, know um, Derek Sivers, the, the CD Baby? So uh, he founded CD Baby, this company that would help small musicians kind of get their, distribute their music. Um, and he's really interesting. He, he has um, this view about customer service that you kind of like put yourself into it. So he's famous for writing this email where someone would order a CD and then he would say something like, you know, your CD was uh, taken by gloved hands and put on the finest gold. And, you know, like there was a ceremony where people lit a candle um, <laughs> and then it was put on a private jet to go straight to your house. And people, I mean, it's like, there's like now 20,000 search results on that. So I guess when I think about businesses like Joe Squared, where they're struggling to like rekindle that feeling of community i'm almost wondering if you could like send out you know st stuff like that with a pizza the copywriting and maybe like even little pieces of art photocopies of people's art just like i don't know little knickknacks um stuff like I that where people you, can i feel. think you can grow community but i think when you're in the hospitality industry yeah, and this it's is definitely hard and that what you're what we when we talk about community we often put it in with the same word experience yeah okay so how do you experience the breaking of bread with other people or the breaking of pizza <laughs> if you're not breaking pizza together right yeah how do you really do that breaking pizza <laughs> have you guys I, done live streams um we haven't because what we're our focus on right now is to not be virtual, but to yeah. get ourselves up. Yeah. You know, 
now and and you know that's that's i mean that's really the focus yeah and we're going to you know we're working really hard to make that happen with like some really cool things we want to do yeah. um but i think that's I, part of what you're talking about about starting with an idea you know i mean there's some some things that are so central to your brand that you you can't change them you have to figure out a way to make them work because they just they matter so much right right you know i think you can pivot but at some point the pivot you have to ask yourself you know because joe and i had this discussion and that and it's like he lives for the community of yeah. Joe's Word. He yeah. lives to feed people and to watch people enjoy the food and have the experience. There's not much you get out of doing a takeout business when you're yeah. doing that. You know, I mean, I don't feel like I'm in a community with Papa John. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't feel that, even if their product is wonderful. So what makes you be part of a community, I think really varies on your industry, you know, and how you're, how you're building it. And I think it, it gets redefined. I can't tell you that I feel part of the Amazon community. Okay? <laughs> I don't, yeah. people say, I feel like I'm a real avid Amazon buyer. Yeah. I'll give them lots of my money. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel, I will feel more a part of a community to a small local store right yeah. that i do so i think it's really hard to make i think it's something for you to know as a creative person about yourself um you know jeff bezos maybe an innovative person probably not the most creative person in the world and i think creative people actually need those one-on-one -on -one, um relationships and deep connections with people that more linear-minded people who may be innovative don't quite need you know because they can live off of kind of like the profit margin and you know that um the, the metrics can drive their happiness but creative people really they really need that passion so um i feel like i have gotten a master class in growing an audience into a community with this podcast episode it was it's like a deep dish pizza of community building <laughs> so the the kind of the three steps that i took away from this is one instead of starting with the kind of cold calculated this is the demographic you know you think about the psychographics like what's the what's the idea that you believe in and what's the idea that really connects with a community probably that you're already a part of because that's really what you're going to know best um and then two i think is having some sort of like gimmick where you can help people understand who you are and what you believe really quickly. Because if you don't have that, if you don't have a Joe squared, it's gonna be really hard to attract people. And then I think the third one is just relationships, you know, building those really deep connections with people where you're focusing on the one-on-one -on -one engaging with the community versus trying to shotgun, you know, advertising and stuff like that. Is there anything else that you can think of for takeaways? Yeah, so uh, people can find this podcast at flines.com, at flines on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and everywhere you can find podcasts. Where can people find you, Kathy? Okay, see you later. <laughs>